Thank you for listening to this recent message from the Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you on your faith journey. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com. I am so excited for this message of hope on this Easter Sunday. Will you please take a minute and share on social media so that, that any who weren't able to make it to a church service today or, or any who may have chosen not to attend a church service today might have a chance to hear how God desires to bring purpose out of pain. He is, in fact, a God of hope. Now, if you want the notes, I want to invite you to go to therescuechurch.com notes. You can download them there. You can follow along with those notes once you have them downloaded, and, uh, and you can fill them in. Or you cannot. We'll have the notes on the bottom of the screen as well, and you can follow along there. With that said, let's get started. I want to ask a question. How many of you are afraid of heights? I know I can't be the only one, but, but I hate heights. If I get on a ladder that's too tall, I get scared. I get scared working on the roof of a single-story home. And I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I'm the guy who has to call my wife to help when something needs to be done on the roof of a single-story home because I am scared to death of heights. So I've got another question for you. How many of you love roller coasters? Now, I don't know if I really love them, but I truly enjoy them most of the time. Space Mountain at Disney, that, that's not real scary, obviously, but, but that's one of my favorites. Now, there's one that I went to at Six Flags in Illinois, I think, um, but it, my, my feet hung out, and, and it had the whole loop spin thing where you go upside down and around. Anyway, it's a blast. I loved it. That was fun. I've also enjoyed the ones that are at Valley Fair over in Shakopee. The truth is, I just I enjoy roller coasters. But, but when you're a person who likes roller coasters and you're a person who's afraid of heights or, or hates heights, there, there's a wild range of emotions. The feelings of complete terror as I go up the steep incline, hearing the creaking of the track and looking out and seeing a long way in both directions and seeing a long way down. And then I wonder, what is the likelihood that I could plummet to my death? I know it's a morbid thought, but that's what goes through my head. And then there's the excitement and the rush as you drop down at crazy speeds and go all over the place, up and down and around, until you come to an end. It's a rush, it's a blast, and I enjoy it. Now, the Easter season can be a roller coaster of emotions, too. A week ago, we remembered on Palm Sunday, people praising Jesus, throwing their palm branches and their coats in the roads in front of him, and they were shouting his praises. Then as we get to Thursday, we reflect on, on a meal that is celebrated by Jesus with his friends, his friends who had no idea what was about to happen and how things were about to change. Then on Friday, there's the fear of the unknown and the sadness as Jesus is executed. But then comes Easter with more excitement and more anticipation than any roller coaster could ever capture. Today, Today we're celebrating Easter, so let's pray and let's jump into our text for the day. God in heaven, I'd invite you again to join us, to speak today. Speak through me that it's not my words, but yours. Encourage people that need to be encouraged. Challenge us who need to be challenged and, and just be here, be you, and work in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right. Our text for the day today is from John chapter 11. You're welcome to join us there. Uh, The words should be on the bottom of the screen. But it starts by saying this. It says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured out perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So these sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, we're going to jump ahead. We're going to jump to verse 11. Again, they'll be on the screen below. Uh, We'll jump to verse 11 where it says this. It says, He went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Jesus is telling his disciples something very important in this passage, something very important that they needed to hear. He tells them that he is going to bring purpose out of this painful situation. He tells them he's going to bring purpose out of this painful situation. Twice in what we've just read, Jesus tells us there is going to be purpose in the pain. In verse 4, Jesus says, The sickness is so that God's Son, Jesus, may be glorified. And then, ten verses later, we get to verse 14, and Jesus said he's glad he wasn't there to keep Lazarus from dying. But then he gives a reason, so that his disciples would believe. We have all gone through hard times at some point in our lives. Those hard times don't all look the same, but no doubt we have gone through hard times in the past. Now, some of us, some of us may be going through challenging or or even extremely painful situations right now, right today, right this week, right this month. And over the past 13 months, there's been a pandemic that has impacted our nation. For some parts of the world, it has even been longer than those those 13 months. Some of us may have been inconvenienced by this pandemic. We haven't been able to do everything that we wanted to do. We've had to wear a face mask. We've had to work from home. We, we've lost our taste of uh, our sense of taste and our sense of smell, which prevents us from enjoying those smells and those tastes and those flavors that we've really enjoyed in the past. All of us, somehow, some way, have been affected by this pandemic in some way or another. Now, for others, this pandemic has brought tragedy by the way of lost jobs, lost incomes, lost home, uh, uh, an additional stress of, uh, of a relationship that's been destroyed. Or, or for some, it's brought the loss of a loved one that has died due to this terrible disease, this terrible illness. And if losing a loved one wasn't bad enough, you've had the, uh, the issue of trying to get together to grieve and to mourn the loss with friends and loved ones, but you can't because of the pandemic. Uh, This pandemic has truly brought tragedy to many, for sure. But 
But the tragedy and hardship that we've experienced is not related only to a pandemic. It's gone on long before any of us even knew what the coronavirus was. Marriages have been destroyed in the past. Families have lost everything financially. Parents have experienced the loss of a child before birth or, or, or after birth. The list goes on and on and on. And it isn't only the adults. Kids experience hard times too. Maybe it's, it's changing a school or, or moving away from a friend or a group of friends. Maybe it's bullying from other kids at school. Some have seen their, their parents divorce or have experienced abuse from someone that was supposed to be there to protect them. Now the list of hard times could go on and on, but my guess I've hit on, is that I've hit on at least one thing that you may have been impacted by regardless of your age. So today, as we remember and reflect on the resurrection of Jesus, as we remember the reality that he was brutally executed, that he died and then rose to life, conquering sin and the grave, as we look at the story of Lazarus, I'm here to tell you that God desires to bring purpose out of your pain. Jesus clearly told his disciples that the death of Lazarus was going to be used for a purpose. He wants to work through your pain too. Now let's keep going with our reading. And as we keep going, we're going to read that Jesus and his disciples headed to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, where Lazarus had lived and where he had died. And we're going to pick up in verse 17 as we continue on. It says this, and starting in 17, it'll be on the bottom of the screen again. It says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them at the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He asked her. Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. You see, even in this pain, Martha recognizes Jesus as the Messiah and acknowledges him as Lord. Martha didn't understand why Jesus had allowed her brother to die. She was hurting and she was likely confused. After all, Jesus was a close friend. He had spent some time in their home, yet even in her confusion, even in Martha's confusion and in her pain, she continues in her belief that the knowledge, is, that her knowledge is Jesus is the Messiah. And she believes that Jesus is the Messiah. And that the Messiah was God and would bring salvation to his people. Whatever you're going through right now or in the future, God is still God. We may not understand what he does or why he does it, but that isn't our job. We don't need to know all that. 
part of faith is realizing that God is God. He is Jehovah. No personal tragedy, no pandemic, no world unrest changes this. He is God. He gives and takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now we'll continue in verse 28. It says, After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. Now, when Mary had reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus saw her weeping, and that Jews had come along with her also, weeping. He was deeply moved and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, they replied. Then we get the shortest verse in the Bible, or at least in the English language, where it says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Spoiler alert, I'm, I'm going to give you kind of the, the end of the story here. Jesus knew that he was about to do a miracle. He knew that he was about to bring Lazarus back to life. Jesus, Jesus knew he could have been there. He could have prevented Lazarus' death in the first place, but he didn't. And now he is crying about it. So he knows he's going to raise him from the dead. He knows he could have prevented it, but now he's crying about it. Why? Why is he crying? Jesus knew the end of the story, but those that were with him did not. Jesus is God in human form. He chose to go through much of what you and I go through. He needed sleep. He needed food. He got tired. He got hungry. And as we learn from one of the shortest verses in the Bible, he experienced sadness and loss. Moments before Jesus is about to show that he is God, moments before he's about to show his power, Jesus is showing his humanity. We can know that we aren't following and serving a God who only sits on a throne in heaven, looking down, oblivious to what we are going through. No, he chose to leave heaven and experience humanity. God is not some distant and disconnected deity. He isn't some mythical Greek God who is just out there somewhere. He came down to earth. He lived a human life and provided an example that we can follow, that you and I can follow. When you are tired, when you are emotional, you can know that God can relate. He's been there. When, when you experience the loss of someone that you love, Jesus experienced that. God loved you and me enough to come to earth and experience what we experience. He gave up the perfection of heaven, the beauty of heaven, everything amazing about heaven. He gave that up to come here because he loves you and he loves me that much. Okay, we're going to continue with our reading. We're going to pick up in verse 38. It says there, Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, 
By this time, there is a bad odor, for he's been in there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may know that you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. As we began today, I made this statement. I said, God desires to bring purpose out of your pain. He did this here in the situation with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He used this situation of Lazarus' death. He used this situation to show off that he is God. And he gave people an opportunity to believe. There was a reason all along. There was a purpose all along. Even when the disciples didn't understand. Even when Martha could not understand Even through all of this suffering, all of this loss, all of this pain, God had a plan to bring good out of it. He had a plan to bring people to himself and to realize that he, Jesus, was the Messiah. Now, I do want to be clear that I am not saying that God caused Lazarus to get sick and die. I am not saying that at all. I don't believe it for a second, and we don't see anything in this text that teaches us that. The reality is that sin entered the world with Adam and Eve thousands of years prior to this event. And that separated them and us from God. And it brought along a variety of consequences, things such as illness and death. What this text says is not that God caused this bad situation. But instead, instead it says that God used this bad situation that is a result of our sin and our humanity, he used this bad situation to bring about good. He worked this tragedy for good. He brought purpose out of the pain. He brought life out of the tomb. Now, God in heaven continues to do this today. In Romans 8, 28, we're told that in all things, not just some things, it says in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. He continues to this day to bring purpose out of pain. Christian, I want you to know that God will work through the tragedies and the hardships in your life to bring about purpose in his good. This doesn't mean that it's not going to be painful. We saw today that it was painful for Jesus, and Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Yet he cried and grieved the loss of his friend Lazarus. We also know that God brought life from death. He raised Lazarus from the dead. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what challenges you've had. I don't know if you are about to lose your business or maybe your marriage. I don't know if you have someone close to you who is battling for their life. I don't know if you've gone through a situation that has cost you close friends or is causing you to be bullied or abused. What I do know for a fact, for certainty, is that those aren't what God desires for you. 
Those situations aren't what God wants for you, and he has promised to work through them for good. Do you believe it? Do you believe he wants to work through those things for your good? I want to challenge you to claim this promise today. I am challenging you to believe that while it may feel like Good Friday, it may feel like a time when everything around you seems to be falling apart. I am challenging you that if it feels like Good Friday, remember that Sunday is coming. This hardship or hurt that you're facing is not the end. God hasn't promised us a life free from suffering. He has, however, promised to bring purpose from your pain. Christian, do not waste your pain. Now, I also need to say that this promise isn't for everyone, though. This promise is only for Christians. This promise is only for those who believe Jehovah, the the God of the Bible, is God and have accepted that gift of forgiveness that's made possible through Jesus. The writer of Romans is referring to Christians, as he says, the ones who love him and have been called. When he said, in all things God works together for good, and then he says, for who? It says, for those who love him, those who love God, and have been called according to his purpose. Those who have chosen to follow Christ as their Savior. As we come to the end, I want to read the final two verses of John chapter 11, at least the final two that we're going to look at today. They're verses 45 and 46. They read like this. They say, Therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Like those who witnessed this miracle of Lazarus being brought back to life, We have a choice how we react to the message of Jesus' resurrection that we're celebrating on Easter. We have a choice how we react to Jesus' message of salvation. We can choose, like the people in verse 25, we can choose to believe that he is the Messiah who comes to bring salvation and forgiveness. Or we can do like those who did in the following verse, verse 46, we can deny that he is God and simply walk away. The choice is yours, And this choice is mine. We own it. What have you decided? What will you decide when you have to make this choice? Will you choose to believe the God of the Bible is real and that he is God? Will you acknowledge that you are not perfect? You are not good enough to get into heaven on your own. Your sins, the things that you do, don't meet God's perfect standard, and they prevent you from being able to have a personal relationship with God and join him in heaven. That is why Jesus died. That is why Jesus, who did absolutely nothing wrong, went to the cross and died. He died a death on the cross on the original Good Friday as a sacrifice in place of us and in place of the animals in the Old Testament who were part of that old covenant, the animals we had to sacrifice or the people then had to sacrifice. Will you tell the God of the Bible today that you know he is God, that you know that you aren't good enough on your own to have a relationship with him, but that you want forgiveness made possible by Jesus' death on that cross and the resurrection on Easter morning? If you haven't made this decision prior to today and want to have a conversation, I would love to discuss it with you. We would love to have a conversation with you about what it means. You can reach out to me directly in social media. You can reach out to us at therescuechurch.com slash connect. But I want to challenge you. 
reach out to us today. Let's pray. God in heaven, we're thankful for the hope that you bring in the day of resurrection. We're thankful for the hope that comes with Easter. God, I pray that today, those of us who have a relationship with you would be reminded that we would be encouraged to continue to trust you, to continue to follow you, and that you continue to bring purpose out of pain. God, restore our hope. And for those who don't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day that they acknowledge you as God and choose to follow you and give their lives to you. God, work in hearts and lives today, I pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I am so thankful for a God who chooses to bring life out of the tomb. We can celebrate this, that today. We celebrate that on Easter because he is risen. He is risen indeed. God bless. Have an amazing Easter. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to the Rescue Church's past messages. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com.